you could really only be yourself. Like we're not actors here. We can't be anything we're not. We can only just be who we are. Hi, I'm Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 155 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show for clarinetists. Today's special guest on the program is Callie Laughlin from Callie's Clarinet channel on YouTube. We discuss how to build confidence as a content creator in front of the camera, why it's important to put your own personality into your projects and your music, and how you can always work to get better no matter how good you are at something, just by practicing. Patreon supporters will get access to an ad-free extended version of today's episode where we learn a little bit more about Callie's musical tastes, hobbies outside of music, and more. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for making today's show possible. You can take your playing to the next level with Bakun Musical Services. With 14-day trials, free shipping on eligible orders, and expert advice, you can be sure you're making the best choice for your musical needs. For Canadian customers, be sure to check out the new store that allows you to pay in Canadian dollars. And for everyone listening, I have an exclusive coupon just for you to save just by listening to the podcast. You can use code CLARENEAT at checkout to save 10% off your next purchase at bakunmusical.com. That's code CLARENEAT at bakunmusical.com. Imagine a read that lets you focus on your music, lasts for months instead of days, and even saves you money in the long run. It's all possible with Leger Reads, the world's leading synthetic read brand made right here in Canada. The European cut read is preferred by Leger artists all over the world, including Eddie Daniels, David Schifrin, Corrado Giuffredi, and many others. It offers a warm, clean sound with a great ease of articulation and is now available for E-flat, B-flat, and bass clarinet. Learn more at your local music store or at Leger.com. That's L-E-G-E-R-E.com. So I'm here today with Callie Laughlin, who is the clarinetist from Callie's Clarinet Channel, and she's coming to us today from Chicago. That is a lot of C's. Welcome to the podcast, Callie. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, that is a lot of C's. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from Calgary, and it's pretty cold outside right now, and maybe today we'll talk about your cat, oh too, a little bit. Oh <laughs> my gosh, the alliteration. I feel like clarinetist. On the clarinet <laughs> podcast. On, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. This is uh, Listeners won't know this, but this is actually the second time we're trying to connect. I've been having just so many tech issues. Just to start off, Kelly, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners for those who may not know who you are? Maybe a bit of your background about how you got into clarinet and what got you here? So I started playing clarinet when I was nine years old. And yeah, when it came time to uh, just, you know, go to go to band and pick out what instrument I was going to play, I was fascinated by the shiny brass instruments. And um, I really took a liking to the the French horn. But then my mom said that her best friend had played clarinet when she was growing up. And, um, you know, I thought her best friend was pretty cool. And I was like, well, hey, there's someone I know that that plays this instrument. So um, maybe I'll maybe I'll give clarinet a try. And maybe she can give me some tips and tricks. That's kind of how that went. And then when I um, kind of made that decision, my dad informed me that the uh, the cat in Peter and the Wolf was played by the clarinet. And so from that point on, I knew it was meant to be and I couldn't I couldn't not play clarinet. That sealed the deal. <laughs> sealed the deal. Yeah. Did you ever get to study or, or practice or play with that friend of yours? Uh, no, she had she had she she had stopped playing. She had really just played through middle school. Um, but I mean, you know, she showed me a couple of things when I was first starting out and um, and then eventually she was like, yeah, yeah, I don't really remember that much more. So you're going to have to, I don't know, ask your band teacher. 
<laughs> so Peter and the Wolf is what kind of got you started, I guess, or started your journey. But what solidified your goal to become a clarinetist and pursue a career in, in university and go on to, to even become a content creator and a, a YouTuber? It was around middle school when I uh, discovered I, you know, if you practice, you could get better. And I really liked that playing a musical instrument um, and practicing it and and having that uh, method of just focus, practice with a goal in mind and, you know, trying to overcome various challenges that was addicting to me. And I loved at that time, I just wanted every single challenge that would come my way. And so I eventually, you know, like kind of learned maybe around eighth grade, I was like, this could be my job. I could just keep doing this forever. That's so cool. And it just kind of grew from there. So I decided maybe early in high school that I I really wanted to pursue music in college. And I eventually found uh, my teacher at the end of freshman year who would guide me through the rest of my high school years, um, Janine York garishi And she's um, a freelancer and incredible clarinetist out of St. Louis. And I mean, it's be- mainly because of her that I got on the right track and eventually made it into DePaul University's clarinet studio. And and I stayed there for my undergrad and for my master's and got to study with Julie DeRoche there and Larry Combs while I was there. And so from some um, stroke of luck, I had um, some really, really great teachers throughout my life to help kind of guide me through my journey. I think you may have just said the most profound and true thing ever said on the podcast here, and we can all end the show now. <laughs> if you practice, you can get better. <laughs> I, yep. think, I think that sums up so many interviews, hours, hundreds of hours of conversation, and it really just comes down to that. And I think that's so true. That's great. <laughs> Is there any sort of memory of a lesson or a particular thing that Julie or Larry would say that stands out in your mind as a, as a great memory from your time studying with them? One of the major things I got out of lessons um, with Julie was just how to practice effectively um, and to really identify the issues in, you know, whatever was going on and to isolate those and to, you know, small chunk practice is what I call it now. And um uh, what some of my colleagues that I work with, they, that's what we call it. But I, I think I learned a lot by doing that. And um, I, I guess there's not really one one specific moment. Um, like from her, I just learned like you can always be better. And um, I really just learned how to listen as well. And I think um, in my lessons with Larry, I think I learned I'd learned a lot about just breathing um, and, you know, just taking in really um, effective, relaxed breaths and, and playing in that in, in a, the most relaxed way, really. Um, and a lot about interpretation um, in various, you know, orchestral work and, and repertoire and stuff. And of course, I learned a lot of that from, from Julie as well. And at one point, I was taking lessons with both of them, which was very great, actually. So that's kind of, um, I guess, in a nutshell, a lot of the, the things that I, I picked up at DePaul. Again, I think that's so true, the whole you can always get better thing. And I think people don't realize that that applies no matter what your level. It applies when it, when you're at the beginning of your playing career and it applies to the best player in the world. You can always get a little bit better. 
And uh, I think that's such such great advice. I, I love that. So you had been starting with YouTube a long time ago, several years now. But the channel, I don't want to say it was kind of stagnant, but it wasn't really that it took off until during this pandemic time, which we've all been sort of stuck in the last year here. So would you walk me through kind of what it was like getting into this and sort of taking your YouTube to the next level and building an audience? I started my channel in 2014. Um, uh, I had I was I was feeling some frustration. I was out of school for a couple of years already, and I really wanted to be creating things and I wanted to be you know, making music. And, you know, when you're first starting out in your life and your career after school, you, you, you just kind of feel like you're, you're not doing anything at all. You're like, what is, what is the point of everything? So you've got to find stuff to do. You got to make your own goals and you kind of have to, um, just start doing things. Right. And so, um, one of the, one of the things I, I had started doing was, this YouTube channel. And I, I remember I was, I was going to my job at the time I had a, um, a nine to five job and I was on the train and I looked up and I saw, um, this YouTube, um, star, I guess, um, Michelle, Michelle fan. I saw her face and her YouTube channel stuff like all over the L train. And I loved her blog. Um, like in the early 2000s, I guess, or like maybe around 2005, 2006, something like that. And I really loved her blog. And I thought her YouTube videos were just, especially the early ones were just so charming and cute. And she did makeup, makeup tutorials and, you know, gave viewers advice on like skincare routines and things like that. And so I saw her and I thought, you know, that would be really cool to do something like that, to like have my own channel, um, but, you know, do it in a Cali way and make videos. And I've always enjoyed making videos. I made a really embarrassing graduation video for my brother that I played at his um, graduation party. So um, among a lot of other um, very embarrassing videos and also videos about my cat. Right. So I was like, let me let me see if I can do this um, and actually, you know, make something of it. My first video was an embouchure checklist, and I think it's probably one of the top search results for like just clarinet embouchure videos. And it's, you know, just the basics of, of forming a good clarinet embouchure. And that was one of my first videos. And I don't think it would have been, um, you know, a go-to video had I not had the help of Van Doren um, sharing that video um, when it, right after it first came out. And like, you'll watch it. It's clearly very homemade and it's not in HD and the sound is mediocre and everything, but um, it's fun, informative. And I think it's helped a lot of kids around the world um, kind of get on the right track for embouchure. And so that was super fun. And I've started making videos on occasion after that, but I never really got into posting regularly as regularly as I should have. Um, I, I had tried a series called like the weekly practice tip that was kind of a failure um, because part of the problem with that is I, I would give a tip, but I wouldn't give people things to practice. And so once the pandemic started, I was able to, you know, since since a lot of my time um, was available, uh, since there were, you know, no gigs and everything, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try to get this YouTube thing um, off the ground again. And um, so what I decided to start doing is 
I decide, okay, once a week, I'm going to post a video with a musical excerpt and something very specific that viewers can take home and practice. And it's usually stuff that people already know. Like we all know how to make a good embouchure and how to breathe and how to do our hands and fingers. But my idea for this, um, and it's my Saturday morning, um, video release is called clarinets cats and coffee but the it really is is just clarinet right and my idea behind that was um just a nice reminder in a short video for viewers to um just hit maybe one fundamental in a you know moderately difficult or even some very easy exercises and or excerpt or repertoire to kind of help guide their way through you know whatever troubles they may have yeah you know I love that I really think that you've uh, hit the nail on the head that part of building content is to sort of engage with the audience and give people a reason to want to kind of come back and and also to put your personality into it. it it took me as a podcaster a really long time to kind of figure out that people were partially there to listen to me and so injecting my personality and doing it you know Sean's way was was one of the challenges so it's so cool that you realized from the get-go that you want to do something Callie's way. And in, in a way, that's sort of the purpose of all art, really, is to put your own personality into it. Otherwise, kind of what's the point, you know? So I think that's that's really excellent. So what other sort of subjects have been popular on there? And uh, what kind of things are you planning next? Yeah, so the Saturday morning thing has been really popular. And the like videos on that help viewers um, work on hand and finger technique. Those those have been really popular. Um, I started something new actually in January and I just finished it. It was a series on the Weber Concertino. I was like, I'm going to feature this on my Saturday morning series and see, see what everybody thinks of it. Because up to that point, I really hadn't done much with like actual repertoire. It was mainly just like etudes and little excerpts of like, you know, studies and things out of various method books. Um, And I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to start doing excerpts of the Weber concertino. And I took viewers through the entire concertino over the course of, I think, five or six weeks. And I just divided it up into sections. And um, each video has one major concept to kind of think about and one major tip. And the thing I I tried doing with that series was uh, make sure that the tips that I give viewers could apply to any music they're practicing and not just the Weber Concertino because I wanted some of my viewers are beginners and some of my viewers are very advanced and so some of those the viewers were actually working on the Concertino as as the videos were coming out and it was really exciting other viewers were you know earlier in their in their um, stage of learning but the concept still applied to them for counting for hand position for air for musical interpretation. And so the, the Weber Concertino series actually went really, really well. And so um, for right now, I'm going to kind of regroup with, with my viewers and we're going to um, just go through some more fundamentals. I've got some other exercises coming up for hand and finger technique. And then I think probably maybe in a month or two, um, I'll start doing um, maybe another repertoire piece. So I kind of have to look through and see what repertoire, but you know, there's, 
there's gobs of stuff out there. And um, the other thing that I try to do is make sure that all of the music that I share on my channel is available for everybody to at least get the clarinet part for for free. Um, so, you know, the Weber Concertinos in public domain, obviously, if you want a good edition of it, you need to buy it. But um, but I try to stick with things that they can download and just start practicing right away. So, yeah, I mean, coming up, I mean, there's a there are lots of lots of options and I kind of need to feel feel a room and see um, what everybody's feeling after doing um, the next few weeks of, of technique. So I got a little ahead of myself, but I also wanted to know, like, how are you so excellent on the camera? I mean, you really seem to have a great sort of stage presence, if that's the word. And and from experience, I know that for me, I find it, you know, easy to play, but but harder to talk in front of the camera. So did that come naturally for you or uh, is it something you still work on or do you have any tips for doing that? Oh, I just want to say thank you like <laughs> for, for <laughs> noticing. I've actually worked really hard on that. Um I think I think my earlier videos I I had I definitely had anxiety uh, about being on camera and so um, a lot of my early videos I didn't talk at all and it was just voiceover work and um, once I started posting videos of me actually talking to the camera there were actual viewers who were like wow you can talk and I was like yes yes I can <laughs> but um yeah if you go back and you watch the weekly practice to my stage my my camera presence on all of those videos are actually I think it's pretty bad um I just did not know how to be a person on camera and so some of them I'm just way too dramatic and silly and some of them I'm I, I'm clearly having problems talking at the camera without my voice being shaky. So, but it's fine. I'll leave them up there for everybody to laugh at later on. But um, so it, it really just took a lot of time um, and a lot of hours of recording myself and re-recording myself and just realizing that, and I'm sure like you've probably gotten into a rhythm and and you know how to be when you're on a podcast but it's it's kind of the same you like you could really only be yourself like we're not actors here we can't be anything we're not we can only just be who we are and so um it it took a long time and a lot of hours but it that's how I um came to be I guess so great in front of the camera <laughs> <laughs> And what was it like during the beginning? Because I think what a lot of people find troubling or maybe not troubling, but frustrating about YouTube is, first of all, getting discovered and, and actually getting any views. That's what seems like the hard part at first. But the real hard part is actually getting subscribers and then becoming monetized. So you are now at a point where you have accomplished both those goals. You've reached the subscriber limit and, you know, I'm assuming the watch hours because I, I do think you're monetized, right? Yes, yes. Yes. So what was that journey like, you know, not only now that you've gotten there, but especially before, like trying to persevere through that stage where it's really just all for its own sake and it can be a little frustrating. In the beginning, uh, my channel was monetized pretty quickly. Um, I think it was monetized maybe in 20, by the end of 2014, just a few months after I had started, um, because at that time you needed, I think... I, it was really low, maybe a hundred subscribers and like 10,000 views. And that was it. And so for like maybe a year or two, my channel was, um, was monetized. And then 
YouTube changed the rules and my channel was demonetized, unfortunately. And I, I shook my fist at YouTube and decided I would never post again. And, (laughs) and um, I found that I had, I just really missed making videos and I really liked having an audience and people kept commenting on my videos, asking me when I was going to start posting videos again. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll start up again here pretty soon. And so I started casually like posting Rose Etude videos and things and more and more people were watching and I thought, okay, I need to figure out a way to just try to do this every week because the bottom line is if you want your channel to be monetized now, uh, you have to post like every week or even like a couple times a week or even every day. Like you have to post and people like they want to know when to expect your posts to come up, right? And so if you're on a schedule and you stick to it, eventually the subscriber count will come and the the view the view count not the hours <laughs> the hours will come. Um, that being said, you I mean, like you still have to make valuable content, and you know if you're making the same type of content in the same kind of way and you're not getting the results you want um, despite, you know, sharing on social media or, you know, trying to get the word out about your channel and and people aren't sticking around. um, You got to make sure that the content you're, you're offering is valuable to the audience that you want to see it. Right. And so, you know, like one of the things I learned about weekly practice tip is that like people want, things that they can actually practice and like I know I go to YouTube to be inspired to play different things so I'll just sit there and I'll watch all these artists that I really love and I'll be like oh yeah I really want to learn you know that Jean Jean piece that everybody's playing so yeah so like I guess in in my eyes I, I wanted to give people something they could be excited to do and something they could do right away um, after watching my videos well, I think that goes for a lot of content too. Um, you, you know, I think that the way I use YouTube, for example, it's not really just for entertainment, like watching a movie or something. It's more like I go there with a goal in mind. Like recently I was searching about a new TV, like I want TV reviews. And then, you know, I might want to learn about something with guitar, like oh, how do I get faster at picking or, or, you know, how do I get better at songwriting? It's a lot of kind of like, how do I X, you know? So I feel like that kind of content does really well you know like you said how do i improve my embouchure or how do i you know play Weber constantino better or whatever i mean these are great kind of topics and they're i think a key that you've sort of hit on is is not only do you have a great kind of brand to go with it um with your whole you know the cat and the you know you've got a great, great vibe and like it's you know people know what to expect with your clarinets coffee and stuff you know but also you you have hit the nail on the head as far as that sort of content and what people are, are looking for so so yeah i think you've done a really great job and uh I invite people for sure to check it out. Uh, is it youtube.com slash Callie's Clarinet? All one word? Is that the? Uh, Callie Clarinet. Callie Clarinet. So youtube.com slash Callie, C-A-L-L-Y, Clarinet. I definitely invite you to check that out. So Callie, it's been great chatting with you today. Did you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? If anybody out there is is considering starting a YouTube channel, you just got to do it and you just got to stick to it and be willing to kind of learn as you go and modify things as you go along and don't be afraid to try new stuff. So I've actually thought of one last thing I'd like to ask you about. And uh, 
you've sort of said what you're you're doing as far as new content for the the YouTube channel, but what other things are you working on? I heard you have a training program you're starting. Yeah, I mean, I do plan to release my first online course um, at some point this year. I was hoping to do it this spring, but life has kind of been happening. Um, and so I'm looking at probably launching that this summer. I have a few ideas um, for it, but that's that's all I have right now. <laughs> that's all I have right now. Life has been happening. I think that sums up 2020 uh, yeah. for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If you are listening on iTunes or Spotify or now Amazon for the free edition of the show, it will end here. But I do want to invite you to check out Callie's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Callie Clarinet. And uh, you also have a Patreon as well, I believe. So you can check that out and support what she's doing. Really great stuff. Do check it out. But if you're listening on our Patreon account, you will be able to tune in for an extended ad-free version of this show with some bonus lightning round questions that I'll be asking Callie right now. So... Callie, thank you so much for joining me. And for those of you coming forward into the listeners area or the uh, Patreon area, I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here today on the Clarinet Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and want the ad-free extended version right to your device, you can head to patreon.com slash clarinet or clarinet.com slash subscribe to get access for as little as $1 per month or $10 per year. I did decide to leave that promotion ongoing because I think a lot of people actually prefer to make a once yearly payment. Basically, it's just like two cups of coffee from Starbucks um, instead of a small amount coming out of their account every single month. Thank you, of course, to all those who are supporting the show at the gold level, especially. This is more than $10 per month. We have Andrew M., April J., David S., Debbie A., Glenn K., Jason S., Josh N., Karen K., Miguel D., Todd M., and William L. Thank you so much for making the show possible. Thank you, of course, also to our sponsors. We have Legere Reads, and if you're a Canadian right now or you live basically on planet Earth, you'll know that springtime can be a real transition, or I guess going into winter for the Australians among us, but um, seasonal changes can be a huge time of Great discomfort for your reads, let's put it that way. Unless you play Legere. I haven't had these troubles in a long time since switching to Legere reads. Back when I was a student even, I remember how cool it was to have a read that would work whether I was outside on the marching field or inside at a concert hall. So Legere reads are really fantastic for this. You'll find great consistency and all the time you don't spend fussing with your reads, you can spend practicing. Another thing I love about them is they're actually made right here in Canada. And speaking of Canadian companies, you can also save 10% on your next purchase from Bakun Musical Services. So whether you're in the market for a new barrel or bell or even an entire clarinet, the clarinet coupon code will work for it all. You can save 10% on your next purchase at bakunmusical.com. Just use code clarinet at checkout. And yes, this actually does apply to the Legere Reads, which are now available on their website as well. So check that out, bakunmusical.com. Use code clarinet and save 10% on your next clarinet purchase. I'm your host, Sean Perrin, signing off from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I look forward to seeing you next time on the Clarinet Podcast, the show for clarinetists.